Welcome to the Pike Performance Podcast. My name is Andrew Pike and today is episode 17. Today I'm going to be speaking with Sonia. She's a Will writer and she's based in Reading or Berkshire and we're just going to talk about her business, how she started it and also just talking about parenting and what affected her in lockdown. So enjoy and listen away. Hey guys, welcome to the first podcast of 2021. Um, I am here with Sonia. So Sonia, just introduce yourself, tell us a bit about you and go for it. So I'm Sonia. I'm a married mum of two girls. Um, they're seven and five. I am based in Reading and I was born here, been, been here pretty much my whole life. Um, been married for 16 years next month actually so it's been a journey we're quite young when we met um which is why I actually did my law degree um after I got married so I was already married he was working and I was like I want to go back do something that I want to do um so yep yeah, I went and did my law degree worked for 10 years uh, for a pharmaceutical company in their compliance department and then I just thought, do you know what? I, I want to do something where I'm actually using the degree that I did. I wanted to get into legal services. So I started doing some research. Um, and just on the off chance, there was a local job advertised at a solicitor's near me. Um, and I applied for it and they called me for an interview and they offered me the job on the spot. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm actually it. so excited, like raring to go, um, you know, thinking like, I'm really going to get into this, read like, get my head back into the legal thing and you know really go for it and I'd been there for about I think five months before Covid happened and like the lockdown the first lockdown hit um, and the solicitor that I was working for she's um, she was a sole practitioner so she kind of did exactly the same thing as me she started off doing wills and then you know she expected but because it was her own thing and she was a sole practitioner with Covid she couldn't afford to keep anyone on so she had like the people that she had working for her she had to let everyone go um and I was like my old my old job was still actually open because I was working for them on a consultancy basis um and they were like yeah you know you're back that's fine and I just thought I've actually taken this step after 10 years to get out do something else that I want to do so I thought well I've been doing wills for this solicitor day in day out for other people um I think I'm just going to give it a go and like try and do it for myself so that's it that's how that's, the business kind of wow so you've started your own business in lockdown yep that's right wow amazing yeah. okay so um ignore that beep guys what a, what a liability um <laughs> with this then so you write wills I actually last week I had a phone call talking to um say with all my life insurance I'm thinking oh I actually really need to do this um it was it was I think probably his approach is quite morbid you're like oh you have to plan for your funeral and I was like well one second and then it, it's such a shock you don't really expect you're like oh just give me a price yeah that's fine but because it kind of it, it made you think and I think this was well, I say one of the reasons I was like I'm really excited to talk to you like can you talk about a little about like writing wills because I don't know anything about it and I think some people just kind of swear push yourself away from it because it's 
quite sad, but I think I, I was reading on your website, I was yeah. actually really intrigued. So talk to me about that. Yeah, so um, I think that is generally, it's the approach, like it's always quite a serious thing. And like, it's like, oh, you don't want to think about it. And actually, something like over 50% of um, UK adults do die without a will. So you can, there's a lot of people that kind of just avoid that whole topic. Um, and when I do talk to people about it, a lot of people are like, oh, isn't it, isn't that just for old, old people? Like, don't you just need a will? Like when you're kind of, you think you're kind of nearing that stage of your life and you need to do what you're going to do with everything that you own. Um, and to be honest, before I started doing it, I think that was my outlook as well. I think that's what I thought that you older people get away they think they're going to die soon and they need to know what to do with their property their money that kind of stuff um but that actually isn't the case at all actually one who's got children under the age of 18 should have a will made um and for me I think I started thinking about that when I had the girls just mm. when you have a will you can use your will to appoint guardians for children um, and a lot of people don't know that. If the worst was and say, you know, both me and my husband would pass away before my girls are 18, the court would then decide who becomes their legal guardian for looking after them until, you know, they reach adulthood. Um, and it's not always the person that you would have chosen. For some people, the automatic choice is still alive or if siblings are still alive. The, the court may choose to send them, but we know that family relationships are a lot more complex than that. Um, you might have people who don't get on with their parents or don't get on with a certain sibling and wouldn't want their children to go to that person. You might have not a very good relationship with anyone in your family, friends, you know, that you've had this conversation with and be like, oh, you know, if anything was to happen, it'll be you that I'd want. Unfortunately, if that's not down on paper, the court's not going to... then with that they're going to go with your nearest blood relative um so to have something down that's concrete that says like if i die this is what i want to happen is really um and it is it's really difficult because it is a really serious subject and yeah it, it is. is sad because nobody wants to think oh we all want to die when we're like 100 you know but we and especially like the last couple of years has shown us that it doesn't matter how old or how young you are anything can happen in life and really preparation is kind of the key to having that peace of mind that if it was to happen tomorrow even though yes it's sad for the people that I leave behind I'm also giving them a lot of certainty because people die without wills and then all of a sudden there's huge family bust ups about who's going to get what. And, you know, oh, I know wanted me to have this. And they're like, yeah, but they didn't say that though. So, you know, you have these, it just, it's, it's creating certainty for your loved ones as well. Once you're that actually, yeah, mom or whoever has been really clear. They wanted us all to have a share of this. And I do find that, I find that most people kind of quite fair in their wills and they do um they do kind of leave things in a fair share even though you don't have to i mean in in england we have testamentary capacity which means you could technically if you wanted to leave everything to your local chinese takeaway could do that um, serious 
yeah yeah you can do in your will you can do whatever you like but I mean I generally find that people are sensible and fair and it just yeah creates certainty so it's important I think that's really interesting because I do think a lot of people stay I'm turning 30 next year I think even now I know some of my friends have got kids and and potentially I think a lot of people don't even think about it because like oh well I'm young enough it doesn't matter but you kind of realizing that I think that's the biggest thing that people don't don't think about right and if anything the worst happens then where do they go and like you said this having the relationships there if, if that relationship's there with the family then that's fine right there's more likely it's going to get to yeah. them but if it's not it's if not more important to just get everything there but tell me how long would yeah. that actually take these legalities like moving house is crazily stressful right but in terms of writing yeah. a will how long does that take so um it it depends like your will whoever's writing your will they can they can prolong as long as they want and they can say t- things to you like so another another one of my motivations for wanting to start the business was and I'm not throwing shade to anyone here or anything but, but the person that I worked for would you know people would be like oh they'd email and say just need a really simple will it's just me and my husband we know exactly who we're leaving can we come in and get it done yeah absolutely fine make an appointment soon as I'd get there oh this is actually a lot more complicated than I thought you're gonna have to go for a slightly more complicated will and that costs so much so much so much and I I would just sit there and listen and think wow like this is really unfair because it's already a thing to do like people would come in they'd be stressed um you know it's it's a difficult thing to think about and then it'd be even more stressful because all of a sudden they're having to fork out loads more and then she'd be like oh um you know this is it's actually going to take quite a long time to do this. I think I'll, you know, give me two weeks and I'll, um, you know, and I'll get back to you. And we'd literally diary for two weeks to actually look at their work. So one of the things I pride myself on is once I sent out an, an, an information form and people have filled it in and sent it back, they've got their wills like within a week. Sometimes it's two to three days and I'll have wow. it done and their wills there, you know. There's no need to make things longer. <laughs> yeah, I think this is it, right? I think whether it's just, let's say, just legal, we all know that, say, we're in the process of selling the house and, like, the, the legal side of things take forever. And you're like, why? Are they, like, trying to justify their cost? Is it, like, if you get it done quicker, I'm more than happy to pay you, <laughs> right? And I think that's yeah. the, uh, I think it's a really interesting thing that a lot of people, I think that hopefully everyone listening will get reassured that, wow, like it doesn't have to be this stressful, prolonged period of time where you're thinking like, I just want to get this on paper and then forget about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. That's the key. And that's what I say to people. I'm like, look, it is it is stressful to think about. But once it's done, it's done. You never have to look at it again. As long as somebody knows where it is, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. No, Nobody will look at it again until until you do die. And yeah. that's, you know. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. So this kind of ties on to the next question of um, how was lockdown or the lockdowns for you? Like you spoke about you had your own business, right? And that becomes like there's a, a hell of a lot of stress when you're creating a business, let alone in, in a pandemic. How was lockdown for you as a parent, an entrepreneur, a business owner? Talk to me. What we got? Um, so the business side of it, luckily, it wasn't too bad because I... Um, it's the kind of thing that I can, a, a lot of times I actually will do people's wills for them. Like once the girls have gone to sleep, it's not a case of 
I have to be sat in an office or at my computer, I have to be working during office hours, you know. Um, I, and I say to my clients, like, call me, text me, any questions, like any time of the day, really, unless it's, you know, midnight or whatever, but just I'm available. Like, there's no kind of set hours and whatever that people need to get in touch. Their work side of it wasn't too, too, too bad. Um, but lockdown itself... <laughs> For me, I thought I'd be all right. I'm quite um, like a homebody anyway. Like I, I like being at home. I enjoy being at home, especially by myself. I like that quiet time. You know, it's really important for me as well. Like just the kind of person I am for, for my own mental health. I like to have quiet time um, to be able to implement things that are important to me, like meditation, you know, mindfulness, all of those things. I like to have, you know, my daily time. So I thought, yeah, I'll be fine. But having the kids at home, was really tough like homeschooling I think every parent feels my pain it yeah. was the worst the absolute worst um and my girls I think all schools are different so I live opposite a school and they they had something like three online lessons a week and they just had every day they had to kind of touch base with their teacher I think they had like a half an hour like registration type thing and the rest of the work time they could submit it at the end of the week you know with my girls they had a full school day on teams from 8 30 in the morning till four o'clock um every day and you had to sit with them obviously with my five-year-old somebody has to be sitting with her yeah. with my seven-year-old you had to be there to listen to what the lesson was about and what was expected because the work had to be handed in after each lesson before the next lesson started so it was literally it was just full school days but it was like school for me and my husband as well like he was with one of them and I was with the other so there was absolutely no working um you know during the day it was once the kids had gone to sleep that's when he was doing his work and I was doing you know my work so yeah it was that was really tough um wow <laughs> I think um I, I say I've had a lot of my clients who are parents as well and they said the same thing like Andy like <laughs> for me to focus on myself right now is so hard and challenging because there's so much one just being a parent in general right and then you have to think about being a teacher alongside that and then do your own let's say schoolwork because you're like you said you're having to listen so there's if not more yeah. time added on you're like where am I going to have my time where I'm going to have time with your husband and then it's then then your social life as well and there's so how yeah. like after a while, that was obviously at, what's it, last time this year, like what, March, all the way through really until, was it July? Um, yeah. Or was it more for you? Yeah, so it was, it was that first, um, and then it was the summer holidays. So, but then you couldn't really do too much. <laughs> but then, yeah, even so the start of the next term of school um, was pretty much the same. It was, it was just a, a really different term. And then by the time we got to Christmas, we were back in another lockdown. So it was you know that that next term again mm. really difficult I mean I just yeah I, I started off quite positive um but it was really difficult to stay positive during that that thing and I think I think a lot of people I think everyone felt like that I don't think I was alone I think it was definitely but don't have children like yeah. you've, you've got your own life you've got your own routines and it's you know, it was really difficult. I, I know my brother really struggled because he's literally one of those people that's in the gym like seven days a week. And he was just like, the gyms are closing. What am I going to do? Yeah. 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 
so kind of going with that what did you do for your like you spoke about mental health how did you do did you do in forms of exercise you said about meditation what things did you do to keep yourself going throughout this time so what one thing that we started to do is which was really good for the girls because it's something that we've carried on is um me, me and my husband before that had both got into um because we're both we're both type 2 diabetes like because it runs in our family okay. it's quite yeah. big so we both had got onto this like we want to do our ten thousand steps and whatever so we'd got into this and we said no it'd be a really good idea to like do the walks with the girls so we just one thing we started doing was getting out for two walks every day with the girls as a family and I think that was nice um with the meditation and the mindfulness, it was a little bit more difficult for me, but I'm, my husband was quite good. If it got to a point where, you know, I was saying like, I really need them out of the house for this now, he'd just take them for a walk and I'd get it done. Um, otherwise it was just a case of after they'd gone to sleep really. That, yeah. So it was tough, um, but the walking is definitely something that we kind of implemented during lockdown and then it's carried on. Like now we quite enjoy going out for walks together, which is good. Yeah, I think that's the positive that has come out of lockdown is that when you meet meet up with friends, you're like, oh, we can't do anything but walk. Yeah. And that, you know, obviously the fear of, I think it was lockdown, oh, I've lost track now, lockdown two or three, where they said, you're not allowed to sit on a bench, right? <laughs> and the fear of like holding a cup and getting like penalised, being having a picnic and you're like, oh my God. But when you're looking yeah. at it now and like, because of this pandemic and it's a horrendous situation for everyone but it there were some positives around being more active and people realizing that because they potentially had more time because there's less travel to work and things like that they had time to be active and I think that's the most important yeah. thing that people hopefully are yeah. going to continue right um okay yeah. so let's move on to the next one um what are your three biggest lessons that you have kind of learned yourself as being a parent, what are the three things that you've kind of realized like, yeah, like let's think about including myself, uh, potentially when we have kids and also people that currently have kids, what are the three biggest lessons that you've, you've kind of taken away from it all so far? Um, I think one of them is definitely that you can't get it right all the time and that, that that's okay. Like there are gonna be times when you're gonna, you're gonna do something and then you're gonna sit back and think, I can't believe that I did that. I'm like best parent in the world. I think everyone feels like the worst parent sometimes. And, and that's okay. Cause there isn't really a rule book on getting it right. Um, the one thing I will say to people who don't have children, and this is because I was this person, I was that person that would go out to eat with my friends or my husband and somebody would have a child. And I would just be like, why have they brought their child here? Like, can they just, can these people not just feed their child at home? It's really irritating. Like, I don't want to listen to this child and like this mum is pleading with her child to eat and this kid is throwing food everywhere. And I'm like, this is not the experience that I've come out for. Um, but yeah, that was really, really wrong of me. Or like looking at parents and being like, yeah, I just, I wouldn't do it that way. But you literally have no idea until you're and I have people still do it now I have people in my family that don't have children but have spent a lot of time around my children and around other children in the family and will be like oh you know I don't I don't think you should do it like this like just don't don't give me your opinion because you literally have no idea yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you will do anything 
if that means they've literally been on their, you know, their iPad all day, forget this, I'm going to be one of those mums that really hot on screen time and my kids are going to be doing like jigsaw puzzles and you know that kind of stuff like it all goes out the window you can't there's no rule book you got to take each day as it comes that's that's really interesting I think that's a biggest a big subject I know that even I've been in this position when you hear that kid smacking a spoon on the table repeatedly and you're like oh my god come on please stop but yeah yeah, I, I think like you said I think it all changes and and this is the one thing that the one reason why I wanted to help more parents is one to learn more about your problems and the struggles that you go through on a daily basis. But also, I think yeah. it's so important to educate parents more and more, because when we if we can, let's say, as fitness professionals, if we can help you move better, eat healthier, and then you can transfer that to your kids. Yeah. We've done yeah. two, two jobs in one. And I think that's the most thing, like the most, let's say, the driving force for me to help parents and I think you saying that is I think a lot of people have probably realized like oh yeah I feel really bad now because (laughs) just slaying this parent for this kid not shutting (laughs) up so what are your other two have you got any two more so the other yeah um one of the other things I would say is that parents can feel a lot of pressure I think to like make sure and especially now like the age that we live in like the social media kind of age where you see people are always showing you what they've got, what they've bought, what their house is like, you know, what their car, what car they're driving. And I think a lot of pressure to be like, oh, I need to make, you know, my child's birthday is coming up. I need to make sure they're getting this and they've got this, like all the kids have got this, like my child needs to have this. And I think above everything else, one thing I've learned is because I put my hands up to it, to being quite materialistic at times. and, And my husband is, he's like a worse shopaholic than me. Um, where I just think actually the things that our children talk about and things that they remember are the days that we've spent with them and when we've had like day out as a family and just time children just want your time and I know it sounds really simple and everyone's like yeah yeah it's not it's not that simple it can be it just depends on whether you want to be that parent that is giving in to the pressure or you want to be the parent that is saying to your child don't care if everyone's got this I don't think it's the right time my, my, my daughter my seven-year-old comes home and says oh you know so-and-so's got a phone and I'm like it's bizarre to me that a seven-year-old has got mobile phone and I'm sorry but I don't think that it's the right time for you to have it and it's actually about teaching your children also to be resilient because every time you give in to pressure you're just saying to your child that yeah that's okay like if everybody's got something or if you're you know you're feeling pressured to do something you should just go ahead and do it and we know that now you know the world that we live in now children just aren't resilient at all and we see that because we see so much like you know we see so many mental illnesses and there's so much emphasis on mental health education in schools um which i think is great but i think we need to know why younger and younger children are feeling like that i think yeah. it's you know, there's so much pressure. So one thing I would say is that you as a parent, you have to show your children how to be resilient. Um, You can't always be the nice guy. You can't always be the parent that is like, oh yeah, sure, go ahead. You can have this. And I think it's it's really tough to do that because when you have children, you realize that you want to give them the best of everything. Sometimes the best of everything is teaching them good habits that they're going to take on into, you know, 
rather than making every day like the best day of their life. <laughs> no, I hear it so many times, like, mommy, this has been the worst day ever. And I'm like, yeah, you literally have no idea what the worst day ever feels like. But, you know, that's I think that's a big, definitely a big lesson. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a very touchy subject for a lot of people. And loads of people get triggered by like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But like you say, as long as you hold true to yourself and you think, what, am I, what do I want to help my kids with in the foreseeable future? Not just thinking about the here and now. And I think, I think that's what I've yeah. seen. You could even just say this as with, with adults as well. But the problem is with, with adults, we, we've got ingrained opinions and biases for, for our whole life, right? So it's actually quite hard. So this is, and this is the biggest thing that I thought if, if more people can say the right stuff, the things that have been proven through science, proven with, with, with actually things that have worked, whether it's through science or not, with, especially with parents, there's um, someone I was actually referred to, it's called Respectful Mum. Uh, I think it's fantastic, really intriguing to talk about like how she's approaching her kids and how she deals with different situations. I just think it's fascinating you saying about the resilience, because I don't think a lot of people think about it in that way. Um, I myself I've, I haven't heard that from other parents I've spoken about but I think a lot of people will appreciate yeah. just hearing that because I think a lot of people may just get get caught up in that rat race of I need to get this for my kid I need to do that because such and such are getting it and it just gets like you say overwhelming yeah yeah so what's the last one or is that is that two there? there's quite a lot there but what's the last one if you've got another one yeah um the only other thing that I have had really was that also, it's it's really true what they say um, when they say lead by example, because your children absolutely do. They model themselves on what they see and what they see in the home. So for me, it's really important to make sure that the home environment is somewhere where, yeah, everyone does speak to each other with a certain level of respect. I give it to my children. I also expect it back from them. You know, you can't you can't not give the respect to your children and then expect them to go out, be really polite, you know, listen to what you're, what you're saying. So, and the same goes for any habit. So things like health, if you're sat there and you've got like huge pizza or like plate of chips or something, and you're saying to your child, eat these carrot sticks, like it's just never going to happen, you know? So <laughs> you've got to lead by example is a really, really yeah. important one. Um, I now have, more I've had to calm my driving down since I've had the girls in the wow. car sometimes they'll say to me your oh, mommy can you drive how you used to drive before you had us because you know that their dad will tell them and then they'll be like I now have my girls listening to hip-hop in the car but like covering their ears when the rude words come <laughs> because they're like mommy it's okay we know we're not allowed to repeat these but it's just so they literally will just they will pick up on every single thing that you do so you've got to be really mindful of your own behavior yeah I, I think it's like you say I think a lot of people can get so wrapped up with like I'm going to do anything possible to just shut them up and then forget about what they're currently doing themselves and mm -hmm. what that's going to have an effect on with their 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 decisions like you're saying about pizza and then giving them carrot sticks of having that relationship of like well why can't I have that and I think the biggest thing that I've seen especially in parents um the people are struggling with it oh no I can't have that bad food I can't have this and my kind of mission is to to really educate parents of there's no such thing as good and bad food it's just food you have the opportunity if you say to your kids you're not allowed that what is going to happen 
right? What they're going to be like, yeah. I want that now, right? Um, so I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you, or you put it in potentially like um, a drawer or something, you're like, you're not allowed into that drawer until this. And then yeah. lo and behold, they're going to be like, what's in that drawer? What's in there? <laughs> Um, so <laughs> yeah exactly um okay no it's, it's I think it's been really useful and I think a lot of people have taken I, I'm massively taking a lot of value from this and just your expertise as being parent now what things overall what things do you do for fun outside of work outside of doing your yeah. 10k steps what do you do for fun so we as a family we just really enjoy pre-lockdown um I used to kind of just obviously we like eating out um so we like, you know, we're like working our way through good restaurants and just that kind cool. of thing. Like we really enjoy food, um, enjoy cooking, uh, really got into, my husband's really got into like baking cakes over lockdown, which is really weird for him because he's not, <laughs> he's definitely not absolutely nothing feminine about him at all. Like he's a real man's man, but he's got into baking, like Amazing. perfected his like icing techniques and all kinds of stuff during lockdown which is funny um but yeah we like so the walks um love to travel like I can't wait until travel opens up again um interestingly I have suffered from long term I say suffer but from anxiety for a really really long time and it got so bad at one point like I couldn't I couldn't travel again um I couldn't fly so I didn't actually fly for 17 years wow um, I did not leave the country for 17 years we didn't have a honeymoon anything like that um but then when the girls were born I was like they can't spend their whole life like here they've, they've got to see the world because when I was a child obviously I traveled all over the world um and then it stopped when I got older because of the anxiety but I took the um, British Airways flying with confidence course and that was amazing like I, I was so skeptical about it they actually worked for me it's just like a one day course um so after that I I had only just got into traveling again and then so I'm desperate to get out take the girls on loads of holidays um yeah see different parts of the world but yeah aside from that it's just normal kind of family stuff you know like zoos safari parks cinema bowling we love being all that normal family stuff no that's cool I think I think a lot of people um even now right the anxiety around travel because of everything around just with the pandemic and uh, a lot of these things around i think it's the indian strain or indian strain at the moment i don't know where it's at the moment but it's apparently it's just all the scaremongering as well it's just not yeah. helping everyone it's like okay fine just tell us the information that we need to know yeah. um so I think a lot of people hearing this, like, I cannot wait to book a holiday and just get in some sand and not have to worry about yeah. having to entertain someone on like a, a quiz on a Zoom call or all <laughs> yeah. that. We've done it. We got to a point where like, we're done. I think we did four and we were like, this is too much. This is way too much. <laughs> um, brilliant. Okay. So last thing then is... Mm-hmm. Where can people find you? Um, we're, speak, we're speaking about your business around rights and wills and how, how important yep. it is. Um, yep. Yeah, give us a little summary and finish off this podcast. Go for it. Okay, so um, I'm on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I've got my website. Um, and also, if people want to read um, kind of testimonials from previous clients and stuff, um, on my yell.com page, you can go and you can have a look and see, you know, what other people who've used the service have had to say. 
Um, and I think the general theme, I, th I think I'm achieving what my, my mission is, is to make it, you know, fast, affordable, and just a simple process for people. Like, you know, give me your information form. I will draft your will. Tell me if you approve the draft or not, or if there's any changes. And then once we're there, you know, I'll engross the final documents and either hand, I hand deliver them for people that are local or, um, you know, just send them by signed full post with instructions on how to get it signed. So it's a really simple process. Um, and also I don't take payment until it's all done and you've got your will and you're happy with it. So. <laughs> I think, I think people are like, I'm sold, I'm done. Um, okay. <laughs> so the last thing then is one bit of advice for new parents, one bit of advice, go. Just a day at a time, honestly, um, and take the useful bits of information from all the different resources, like friends, parents, resources on the internet, books, but remember that those things are only a guide and you really got to do it the way that seems the best for you. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, no, I'm no. looking forward to it. Um, we'll get you on again because I'm sure like we'll, I'll be in a position like, right, with these wills, what do I need to do? So um, be, uh, again, it's, a, <laughs> it's not the most, like, let's say, popular of subjects, but I'm so pleased that this is, like I say, the, nice. the first one um, of the podcast of 2021. So um, <laughs> Hey, we, we, there's, the only thank way you. is up with this one, but thank you so much for, uh, for jumping in. Brilliant. Thank you. And uh, thank you for see you soon. Me. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to episode 17 with my co-host, Sonia. It was probably a subject that you weren't really expecting, um, but we cannot shy away from it, especially if you're a parent and you haven't got a will. Please, please, please get in contact with Sonia and so she can talk you through what is best suited for you. And as you can hear, that it was very stress-free and it's very quick as well from the sounds of it. So please, again, if you can, share the love, share this to everyone, your friends, your family, to be parents, current parents, whoever. My goal is to really educate everyone around exercise, nutrition, and when I get the co-hosts on, giving you a bit of value for things that potentially are going to benefit you later on in life and currently now. And the next episode is 18, and I'm going to leave it there because I'm not going to ruin it yet. Have a lovely day, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. I will see you or speak to you very soon.